You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Thursday afternoon. Now, let's turn to our very first guest of today. I'd like to welcome back to the studio Jules Hannaford, author of memoir, Fool Me Twice. And she joins us today to tell us a little bit more about how her and her daughter turned her book into a true crime podcast hit. Welcome to the program, Jules, and thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Oh, hi, Noreen. It's great to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Braving the coronavirus. I Everybody's know. You know, the city shutting down and you've braved it into the studio. I know, I made it all the way here on the ferry. <laughs> Thank you very much. You can see Jules also on the Facebook Live at Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Jules there um, as well. Um, so last time you were on the program, you were talking about your book, uh, which was based on your very own experience. Remind our listeners, what was your book about? So my book is a memoir about my life with a focus on my journey to find love, which so far has just been tragic. <laughs> well, if anybody's watching... But never mind. <laughs> um, and it's I've got it here. I've brought it in again, but it's for me twice. And it's a story about how I was actually scammed, catfished and assaulted in an online dating romance scam in about 2010. And at the end of the book, there's lots of stuff about how to... Uh, online date safely, warning signs, what to do if you're caught in an emergency and things like that. So I'm really hoping that not only is it a great riveting true crime story where I survived, <laughs> spoiler alert, um, <laughs> but also I'm really hopeful that people will really learn a lot from this book and not get caught in the same trap that I was. Jules, I got to say, I, I love how positive you are because actually, you know, without making, you know, light of the situation, you were really stuck in, in a really sticky situation. I really was. You were trapped in a hotel room with this man who was, you know, obviously abusive and and I'm so glad you lived to tell the tale in, with such a positive spirit as well. Yeah. Well, I, it's taken a while to recover. Like it was yes. oh, 10 years ago now. So years, I did yes. feel a lot of shame and embarrassment and really struggled to talk about it. But actually doing the book and the podcast has helped me own my story and overcome that shame and understand that, you know, one of the interesting things I've learned is that it just happens to anybody. It doesn't matter your level of education, your ethnicity, your gender, your race, anything. It can happen to anyone. So going through this process, I was able to forgive myself a little bit more because I guess when I was going back through the Skype chat with Truman, I could really see how he manipulated me. So in a way, I was able to go, okay, look, he was really professional at what he was doing. And, you know, I was only guilty of being naive and wanting love. Absolutely. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. You know, you, you, you don't really see it when you're going through such murky waters. It's not until you've come through it and you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. On reflection, it's easier to see than when you're there. Although sometimes I got that niggling feeling in my stomach and had that little sort of alertness to the red flags but I didn't want to see them and I didn't want to follow my intuition and I guess that's something I'm hoping other people will learn from my story. Yes yeah, so that's w with the book and now you've got a true crime podcast. Now yes. talk us through this how did it happen I mean what was the process of turning a book to a podcast? So Obviously, I have my other podcast, Hong Kong Confidential, which I came... That was my first visit yes. to your show to talk about that a couple of years ago. And so I was really into podcasting and I'd moved into listening to the true crime genre a lot and I absolutely love it. I'm just obsessed with it. We'll talk about the popularity yeah, we'll, of that. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. 
And then I'd done the book and my daughter had done the final edit on the book and I really wanted to turn it into a true crime podcast because I just know how valuable the story is how unique it is and so I got my daughter to come on board and write it for me because I was done with writing I'm like I've had enough and so she wrote it and she narrates it as my daughter and talks about how her mum was catfished and scammed and then we bring in all of these other scam victims from around the world we bring in some amazing experts and forensic psychologists and scamming experts who really give us an insight into the um, mind of a scammer and then amazingly, in the last episode, I got a real-life scammer from Ghana. a real scammer. Yeah, and interviewed him. I, like, I was swiping right on Tinder on everyone I thought was a scammer <laughs> until I got someone that was willing to talk to me. <laughs> because now, of course, I can see all the red flags. But I couldn't in the, in the early days. So so how did you approach the scammer? Did, did you say, I'm making a podcast and you look like a scammer. Well, yeah. you come on. It's so interesting. So, yes, I had that approach to start with. And for some reason, it wasn't working. So people would like just hang up on me or or one guy said oh, he'd do it for 10,000 US dollars. And so I was chatting to my friends at the a local pub on Lama and saying, well, you know, what am I doing wrong? And they're saying, don't say you're a scammer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, OK, that's good advice. So I went back, found another couple and I just sort of got chatting, made a connection first. And then I said, you strike me as somebody who might manipulate people for money. And I was wondering whether you might talk to me about that for my podcast. And this young 24-year-old scammer from Ghana agreed. And it was really actually an amazing experience. All right, because that was the, the very last episode. I must get to that one then. Yeah, wow. it's really powerful. And what surprised me is I thought I'd be super angry with him and be really like adamant that he was what he was doing was wrong and how dare he do this to all these people around the world, which, of course, is terrible. You know, it's one of the biggest um, fraud industries in the world, and it is terrible. Oh, Jules, I know where this is going. You, but I felt compassion. Oh, my oh, God. No. I wanted to send him money. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> But I did, and, and yes, he could have been manipulating me all over again, but I did feel some compassion for his story. I suppose. I did, but that's the type of person that I am. So lovely. Yeah. You felt compassion for the scammer. I know, I know. It's terrible, really. So the process of, of turning it from a book to a podcast, it, what I really loved about it was the fact that your daughter narrated it, and it really gave us a sort of inner working of her trying to understand um, how you got yourself in, in the situation. So we're delving into the story through her yet we're sort of exploring it with her yeah. and I think that's really a, a lovely frame. It the... really was it's quite unique I don't see many other mother-daughter podcasts out there and especially a daughter who's narrating the story really from us she's got an undergrad degree in psychology and honours in psychology so she was really looking at it from a psychology point of view and looking at gullibility and catfishing and gaslighting and all of these terms and sort of trying to unpack that to show that this can happen to anybody and that when matters of the heart come into play we can be really vulnerable and you know you can be as wise and as switched on as you are but you can still get duped so and it was really lovely to work together with her and she then got a better understanding of what I'd been through and why it happened to me so I think that brought us together and made our relationship better which yeah. was really nice. So uh, w talk us through the process of working with her did she write it did you then audit it did you edit it or how did it work? So basically she wrote it she's in the US she started writing it and she actually 
Kelly came up with the idea of bringing in other voices and bringing in her as the narrator. Now, that's not something I might have asked her to do because I didn't think she would, but I was so thrilled that she said she would. So she wrote it, and then I travelled to the US and went to visit her in Asheville, North Carolina, and we recorded it in a hotel room. And then I also went to the True Crime Podcast Festival last year in Chicago, and that's where I met... um, uh, Dr. Shiloh and Podcast, Podcast Festival. Festival. I'm going again this year. My, um, I just found out yesterday that they've accepted for me twice to be featured at the festival. Congratulations, Thank you. Jules. So that's, that's I'm going to Kansas news. City in July. So that's really exciting. But I met Dr. Shiloh and Dr. Scott, who are two forensic psychologists from um, LA Not So Confidential, which is a podcast in LA. And they came on as a couple of experts. So I interviewed them there. And we interviewed different people around the States while we were there. So we were able to bring in all these different voices and different viewpoints, which really makes the podcast more interesting rather than just a linear narrative story. So it was a great process. We had a few disagreements. um, And in the end, it was kind of like, oh, well, I'm the boss because I'm in charge, but actually you're probably right. (laughs) So (laughs) Zara probably won a lot of the time. But she's really very, very capable and able and her abilities, like her writing and her narration and all of that was really good. And she even really directed me when I was recording. She was like, stop with the sing-song voice, do it again, pretend you're just talking to somebody, your friend across the table. And so she was very encouraging and and sort of helped me get the podcast to where it needed to be so that it sounds so, the quality is so good. Yeah, we could use someone like her on the station. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Regina on the Facebook Live says, you go Jules, hashtag HK Pod Squad. Yeah, Love hey. that you worked with uh, on this with your daughter. Oh, thank you so much, Regina. Hi, Regina. <laughs> Regina and I are Hong Kong Pod Squad buddies. Yes. And we do a lot of stuff together, and we'll be doing podcast evolutions in February together on a panel, and then the Hong Kong Pod Fest in May on May the twenty third in the uh, as a part of the Spoken Word Festival. We'll have to so, watch that. Hear that space. Yeah, really. yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit, Jules, about um, what's your take of the true crime genre it seems that it's it's taken off and a life of its own people love a bit of a true crime they do they they? do Uh, there's something about it that's really capturing the world but it's interesting my um, statistics are just flying um, off the table in the US so I've had nearly 90,000 downloads to my podcast in three months so and by comparison Hong Kong Confidential has been running for two and a half years and I've had about 120,000 so it's been it's really really popular and i think people like hearing about other people's stories and their struggles and i think in some ways it immerses you into the excitement and the danger and it really captures people's imaginations but at the same time it can also remind you how lucky you are that your life is going well and you know if it is going well um but i just think there's a real there's a real trend towards true crime at the moment and i think it's also about hearing other people's stories can help you own your own story and help you over some tragedy or trauma or negative experience that you've had because you can identify with that other person who's sharing their and bearing their inner soul about what they've been through and it's not easy it's very sort of embarrassing and confronting sometimes so I think it can really help other people come to terms with stuff that they're dealing with because most people have ups and downs and difficulties in their lives and 
as Brené Brown says, it's not about comparative suffering. You know, it's not about you've suffered more than me and or, you know, you lost more or you're in more danger or whatever. Everybody has their own story and their feelings and their experience are all valid, no matter what the level of trauma or disappointment or fear is. Yeah. What have you learned in this journey of creating a true crime podcast? I mean, what are some of the key things that you think makes a good uh, true crime podcast? Well, I have to say, I think that the... Consistency and content are really important in any podcast, but I think one of the things that we did is we brought on Shade Furlong, who is our sound designer from Brisbane. He's an incredibly talented young sound designer, and he designed all of the music for Fool Me Twice from scratch. The whole lot is is uniquely designed for the podcast, and I really feel like it just enhances and creates an atmosphere and draws the listener in even more and helps really create the tension or the sadness or the fear. So I think that's one of the, you know, really important things. I think structure, um, guests, you know, the the interview style that we use with the guests to ask the right questions, me being able to be vulnerable to share my story. Zara's writing skills were phenomenal and paramount to the success. And then I think ultimately, really, the whole, all of that package tied up with social media marketing, my connections in the podcasting world and the support that I've had from other podcasters, whether it be in online Twitter read, uh, sorry, online Twitter retweet groups Mm -hmm. or social media sharing. Or one of the big things is I've got some lovely friends who have some quite big successful podcasts around the world and they played my promo for me. So I'm so appreciative. And I think that's that right, that's, you had a trailer as yeah, well. Yeah, I had a trailer yeah. and a promo and Canadian true crime, true crime bull beep. I can't say the word, maybe on radio. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, pretend radio, the latter day lesbian podcast, true crime Ireland in Australia. They all played my promo and they all are massive, big podcasts. So I was so lucky to have that support. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that have meant that, um, for me twice has been so successful and is just continuing to succeed, even though the, no- the full nine episodes out we're finished and now we've got to think about whether we're going to do series two whoa watch this space i've got to talk to zara and shade (laughs) try and work out our angle try and get more scammers yeah yeah Yeah. online to try and find some scammers Mm. um jules let's talk a little bit more about um the true crime podcast and sort of the phenomenon is it growing in hong kong are we seeing are we following the trend yeah i think i think podcasting is growing exponentially in Hong Kong in all genres, but it is growing. There's the uh, the Asian Madness podcast, which is also going to be at the True Crime Fod- Podcast Festival. Um, I, I, there's mine. I, there's a few starting, but I can see that the... Like, I actually hit number one in Hong Kong in True Crime Podcast on January the 23rd. But, I, yeah, for one day. <laughs> but I missed it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I only can see in hindsight. I didn't get a snap of it. I saw it when I was at number five. But for one day, I hit number one. So that's the only country in the world I've hit number one in true crime. And even though my largest listens are in America and then Canada and Australia, and then I think Hong Kong is fourth, 
um, it does show that people are listening to true crime in Hong Kong and they yeah. do, you know, the feedback has been amazing as well. Yeah. Um, Jules, you do a great job on social media. You really, you know, your, your social media and your podcasts really go hand in hand. For some of our listeners who are thinking of going into podcasting, I mean, what role or how much effort should people be putting into social media to, uh, to really enhance their other projects? Look, I really think that social media has played a huge part in the success of both both Hong Kong Confidential and Fool Me Twice. I think that I'm probably driving a lot of my Facebook friends mad. I'm sure some of them have hit of me like, well, here she goes again, like, will you shut up? But in actual fact, it, the reach is huge. And especially if you um, strategically use things like Facebook ads and then link it to Instagram. And if you use hashtags really well in Instagram, and if you can get into retweet groups in um, Twitter, and then if you search like podcast recommendations, on Twitter and throw your podcast podcast mm. recommendations out to a bunch of people regularly. There's loads of ways that you can cleverly use social media to increase your reach. And yeah, it's absolutely vital actually. And a lot of people say, how do you have the time? But if you you can do it really cleverly, like I, I put my tweets and my notices and things in the notes on my phone, so I can just go back and copy and paste them and just change them and flick them around. And, and not having to do them yeah. each time one by yeah, one. Yeah, each time. Just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have a little cachet of everything that I want to use and I keep popping it out in different places. So that's a really, really useful tip. And then I use Canva to make a lot of sort of little images and things for Twitter and stuff like that. So, And also um, Spam in Headliner is great as well, where you can make little audiograms with imagery and, and, you know, little snippets of your podcast. So there's many, many ways that you can use social media cleverly to promote your podcast. And I think it's probably the most successful way, second to getting promos on other people's good Strong, strongly listened to podcasts. Yeah, and finally, uh, Jules, before I let you go, what do you want people to sort of take away from listening to your true crime podcast? I mean, similar to your book, so that people don't, you know, fall for scammers. I mean, what is yeah. what is the message really? I think I want them to take away an enjoyment and the fact that they've really appreciated the creative talent of the three of us. I mean, we've made a really, really great podcast with only three people and I think the quality is fantastic. I want them to appreciate the story itself and the fact that sharing your story and it's okay to be vulnerable and yes. there's nothing to be ashamed of and that if you do f take the time to open up, that people will be there to support you and understand you and not judge you, which is really nice. And then definitely I want people not to get caught in the same trap that I was and to be aware of the online dating dangers that are out there. But at the same time, I don't want to put people off from online dating because one third of people around the world who gets married meet online and it really can be very successful. So I don't, I don't want people to be like, oh my God, look what happened to Jules. I'm never online dating again. That's not what I want. I want you to understand what the red flags are, how to do it safely, make sure that you face time or you Skype with somebody beforehand and just be super careful tell people where you're going always meet in a public place all those kind of things and they're all in the end of my book as well if people want to get that on Amazon or in Bookazine in Hong Kong or whatever and my podcast look I bought a little sticker for oh, you <laughs> so that's the art for my podcast Fool Me Twice by Jules Hannaford and Zara Hannaford and if people want to find that it's on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, I've got a web page and anywhere you find your podcast. So give it a listen. Start at number one. It's in order, one to nine. Excellent. And remind our listeners once again, if they want to hear your other podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, Hong yeah. Kong Don't let's not forget yeah. Hong Kong Confidential. Hong Kong Confidential also on iTunes and uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry, and Spotify and anywhere you listen to your podcast. And a shout out to Ozcast Network. We're with Ozcast Network. Network. Uh, we're with Ozcast Network in Australia um, for both um, podcasts in Adelaide, and they're amazing. So we we can all be, also be found there. And how can people contact you as well? Are you available over social Absolutely, media? Absolutely, yeah. I'm on social media, Jules Hannaford. There's fa- uh, Hong Kong Confidential, Fool Me Twice JH on um, Facebook and Instagram, Jules Hannaford on Twitter, and my email is jules at hongkongconfidential.net if anybody wants to get in touch. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time uh, today, Jules Hannaford, um, and I look forward to having you back to talk about season two. Oh, maybe. look, I can't wait. Thank you so much for having me, Noreen. Thanks, everybody. Ha, bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that's Jules Hannaford, the author of her memoir, Fool Me Twice, which is now uh, her and her daughter turned her book into a true crime podcast hit so do check it out thank you very much indeed for your time today thanks your voice